Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we've got a crazy nuclear revenge story against a girl who was just full of hate. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, paternity fraud exposed. Getting revenge against my mom was not for me per se, but for someone else. Maybe I was mad at her for the things she did to me too, but it wasn't a specific thing. And my revenge was hardly inspired by how she treated me, but by how she treated other people. I found out on a cold winter morning that my five-year-old half-brother was not my stepdad's son. My stepdad was away on a work trip, and there'd been a snowstorm in the state he traveled to, so he couldn't return home at the time he'd promised. My mom was in the kitchen sipping wine she had just brought out of the fridge. It wasn't unusual for my mom to do strange stuff like that. She would drink hot coffee when it was hot, and very cold wine when it was freezing. She even smoked when it was very hot too. A large transparent glass sliding door was used for the kitchen door, the door leading outside into the garden, and I saw my dad waving with his arms wide open. He was trying to get my mom's attention. As soon as my mom saw him, she got up and let him inside the kitchen. Where is he? I heard my dad ask. I was frightened that my dad had come for me. I didn't want to live with him or be around him. I'd come to love my stepdad and his big house anyway. He's sleeping upstairs, my mom replied. He's coming with me, my dad said, trying to move past my mom. She pushed him back and cursed under her breath. You can't do that, she said. He says, why not? He's not your child, she replied. I watched my parents glare at each other for a while. He's mine and you know it, we both know that. She said, I don't. We only have one child together. My second son is my husband's. Bull, my dad cursed. I was shocked. My parents hadn't been talking about me. They were debating on my little half-brother's paternity. I will not sit by and watch you give my son to another man, he thundered. She replied, we've talked about this before. You are not his father. You agreed to never repeat those words. My dad shook his head vigorously. I was 15 at the time, but I was old enough to wonder why my dad was so interested in claiming a child that wasn't his, or that my mom claimed was not his. He had me, but he wasn't interested in doing anything for me. I hardly ever even saw him. Why was he so interested in my brother and claiming him as his son? One would think that since he was so wary of responsibilities, he wouldn't want more children. What do you want? My mom asked in resignation. I want you, my dad replied. Yes, you want me, but you also want some money. My dad shrugged and said, If you offer me money, I won't refuse you. She said, How long are you going to keep blackmailing me? How is this blackmail? My dad was screaming again. You gave my son to another man. I'm never going to have a relationship with my son because you have convinced everyone that he's not mine. Who's the evil one? Shush, my mom warned, rubbing his arms lightly. The boys are upstairs. I don't want them to hear us. Are you going to give me what I want then? My dad asked, sounding like a spoiled child. I heard a sound in the stairway and turned to look. It was my stepdad's cat. I turned back to continue peeping at my parents and saw that they were kissing. 
Even as a child, I was disgusted by what was happening. I was so upset that I hurried up to my room and shut the door behind me. All the kids I knew growing up would be happy that their parents were getting back together, but I was not. I dreaded the day that my parents would get back together, and I prayed earnestly for that to never even cross their minds. My dad and mom had the most turbulent relationship. My mom was toxic, but so was my dad. My dad refused to work when they were still together. Mom did everything alone. She paid bills, made sure there was food, and paid for other stuff, including my dad's bills. While she did what she had to do because my dad won't step up, she was very abusive towards me and my cousin, who was older than me. She would hit us and make us wait on her and then dare us to do anything about it. My cousin and I were terrified of my mom. His mom, my mom's sister, was in and out of rehab until she passed, and my mom stepped up to be his guardian. Everyone praised her for what she did, but she resented him. She made him watch me whenever she was away and basically parentified him. He did everything in the house, from chores to even making sure I got ready for bed. He was always tired and weak. I felt bad for him and even as a child, I knew my mom wasn't treating him well, but I dared not say anything about it. She wasn't so nice to me either. She told me all the time that she was on birth control pills when I was conceived. I didn't understand what that meant until I understood what it meant. It meant that she didn't want me. For years, she told me to be grateful to her for not ending the pregnancy. I could have ended the pregnancy, you know, she would say. You better stay grateful for that. Whenever I did something wrong, she would say I should have ended the pregnancy. The only person my mom cared about was herself, and my dad most of the time. She waited on his hand and foot, did everything for him and tolerated his horrible behavior. My mom was a terrible mother, but my dad was even more horrible. He was barely ever there. He never quite spoke to me. I was like this little human that he didn't know how to deal with. The times that my mom left me with him to watch me, he would ask me to sit in a corner and face the wall. This was something my friend's parents did to them when they had done something wrong and were getting punished for it. He never let me play with my toys because that would hurt his ears. He hit my cousin and mom occasionally. Whenever he hit my cousin, my cousin would find a way to call the police for help. But when they came, my mom would lie that everything was alright and then threaten him into not saying anything. She expected him to be grateful for taking him in too. I know many people who grew up in the foster system and trust me, that will mess you up. Not many children have families to live with, so you better be grateful. My cousin would remain docile and confirm to the weird rules until the next time my dad hit him. The last time my dad hit him, he called the police, refused to keep quiet, and my dad was arrested. He was charged and prevented from working in any establishment that involved children throughout the country. What happened with my cousin caused a big rift between my parents. My dad packed his things and moved out of the house. My mom moved out with me and we moved into a smaller house. In no time, she started dating my stepdad and he married her. Before he married her, her mother warned him about my mom. She is not a good person, my grandmother would say about my mom to whoever cared to listen. My mom managed to convince my stepdad that her mother was simply a narcissist who didn't want her daughter to be happy. They went on to get married. My stepdad's home was the first house I saw with a private pool. He made sure my mom and I were comfortable, especially me. I had my own room with a big bed, lots of toys and novels. Even my mom became a lot nicer to me and others until she got pregnant. 
She went back to being mean-spirited and aggressive. She would scream at me and try to hit me. Luckily, my stepdad always intervened. He wasn't spared from her outbursts, however. Whenever they had the tiniest arguments, she would lash out at him and threaten to injure herself. I know your mom has changed. I promise it's the pregnancy. As soon as she has the baby, everything can return to normal, my stepdad assured him. I smiled the first time he said that. He clearly did not know my mother. She had always been like that. She didn't change at all. If anything, she'd only gone back to being who she's always been. It did not take my stepdad long to realize that. My mom was simply aggressive and spiteful. If she was quarreling with my stepdad, nothing was off limits. She would just go on and on until he'd shed a tear. My stepdad is a big man. When I first saw him, I asked why he was so huge. It was sad to see someone cry over something that my mom, who was smaller in size and had a petite stature, said to him. Once, they had a very huge fight, and my stepdad put his foot down. It was something about my dad. My stepdad had seen something, I never got to know what it was, that made him suspect that my mother had been cheating on him with my dad. My mom tried to scream her way out of it, but my stepdad was not having it. He threatened to get a divorce, get full custody of their son, and make sure that she was left with nothing if he ever found out that she was having an affair with my dad. I think that incident made it clear to my mom that she was not in charge. She had treated my stepdad badly for too long and had probably started to think he could never end things with her. She started to behave herself in the house, even though every now and then she would lash out at everyone again. Years after I found out that my half-brother was really just my brother, my stepdad got sick. He had a stroke and it was a really trying time for him. My mom employed a nurse to take care of him while she took over when the nurse left. She had always been mean and vile toward him, but it got even worse when he became ill. Aside from the endless yelling and name-calling, she started going out with my dad. I knew they'd always had an affair, but my mom became even bolder about her affair. I was leaving for a party that my classmate had invited me to, in the car that my stepdad got me, when I saw my dad's old car pull in. He saw me and our eyes met, but he looked away. I wasn't surprised. My dad always behaved as though I was a major inconvenience to him. He avoided looking at me knowing anything about me and being in the same space as me. I used to think he felt guilty about not being a father and was hiding from me. My mom never bothered him about being a proper father to me either. He was good enough for her to sleep with and give all of my stepdad's money. When I returned from that party, I noticed that my dad's car was still parked outside. That only meant one thing. My dad was sleeping over. He was probably going to be in the guest room. I was infuriated. I didn't believe that my mom could be that insensitive. As time passed, my stepdad fully regained his body. He had to use a walking stick, but he was in sound health. Since my mom had kept my dad in the guest room the times he came around when my stepdad was ill, my stepdad had no idea that my mom had been unfaithful. He was so grateful for her and praised her publicly for standing by him. I didn't want to tell my stepdad about the secret I'd kept for so long because I didn't want to hurt him. But I had to say something when one day my mom and stepdad had an argument and she said, I wish you had just died. We would have all have been better for it. I was livid. My mom started to look like a monster to me. My stepdad had been nothing but a great husband to her and a great dad to their son and me. He elevated their lifestyle and gave her the life that my dad never could. 
Yet she cheated on him so many times with my dad and even passed on his child as my stepdad's. I decided that enough was enough and contacted my stepdad's lawyer. His lawyer was also his closest friend. I told him what I'd found out and we broke the news to my stepdad together. My stepdad was hurt, but he was fine. I had worried that finding out would affect his health, but I was glad that it didn't. If anything, it helped him make up his mind that he deserved better than my mom. His lawyer had assured me that it was tantamount to hurting him if I let my stepdad live a lie. With the help of his lawyer, my stepdad filed for a divorce. My mom blew hot, but he didn't care. He was done with her BS. The court ordered that a paternity test be carried out, and it was. My brother wasn't his. My stepdad maintained that my brother was his son. It was his name on the birth certificate anyway, but he wasn't going to fight for full custody of the child. He was not required to pay alimony or support my mother in any way. He also got to keep the house, even though he sold it because of the memories of my mom and his illness. Years later, my stepdad officially adopted my brother, and he's the only man I know as my dad. My mom returned to living in the dirt. Her reputation was ruined. She went back to be with my dad and he went back to treating her as badly as he used to before she left him for my stepdad. I'm sure that had something to do with the fact that she no longer had money to give him. In a situation like this where there's a vile secret that you know but the person involved doesn't, like how this guy thought it was their son but it was secretly not and they were never being told that, isn't it worth the heartbreak to inform them and let them know? I'd like to know what you guys think in the comments down below. That said, our next story is what I did to the girl who hated me. Before I met Regina at a sports academy for girls, I didn't believe I was capable of hurting a fly. But after Regina almost got me kicked out of my favorite academy in the whole world, I knew I needed to be the firm girl my mother raised me to be. I'd never thought someone else's pain could bring me joy after I gave Regina a dose of her own medicine when she got my favorite coach sacked. I could forgive all her excuses, but not her silly act of jealousy that got Coach Nelson kicked out of the sports academy. I was only six when my mother bundled me up and guided me illegally from Mexico to America. That night, we finally made it across the border. She knelt in the middle of an abandoned park in Arizona and clutched my hands in hers, her weary eyes shining with tears. Araceli, she whispered, you're not going to live the life I did, you're going to make me proud here in the US. I adored my beautiful mother Juanita. I did my best to the local kindergarten for non-indigenous children and immediately after I was done with school, I'd rush home to help her prepare the salsa for her delicious chilaquiles. They were a big hit in our neighborhood and our only source of income. We weren't suffering, but we weren't exactly comfortable either. We lived in a dangerous neighborhood filled with illegal immigrants just like us. I couldn't attend a proper school and my mother couldn't get an actual job either. I didn't need to be able to read minds to tell that she wasn't satisfied. Almost a year later, she got engaged to a gringo. I honestly don't think she married him out of love. She claimed to love him, but I believe she just got together with him so we could get our green cards. There was a wedding, and soon after, we moved into Ryan Granville's house in California. Life got much better. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. 
no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Better then, I didn't care much for our newfound affluence or freedom. All I cared about was seeing my mom happy, but she was as happy as she was sick. I'd come every day from school excited to see the beautiful smile I'd wanted for so long, and all the troubles of a new school would disappear. But as time passed, I noticed the dark rings around my mother's eyes the unusual pale brown tinge on her rich bronze skin, and the increasingly slow movement. Mom, I said gingerly one day, trying to keep the fear out of my voice. Are you okay? Yes, Araceli, I'm fine. Just a little tired, I suppose. But deep down, I knew something else was wrong. I was struggling to keep my eyes open in geometry class the next day when I heard the principal call for me over the school's PA system. I sat frozen in my seat, my mind spinning. People were only called to see the principal when they were in real trouble. Araceli, my teacher called, snapping me out of shock. I believe that call was for you. The whole class stared at me as I got up and gathered my belongings. I thought I might pack all my stuff because who knew if I'd ever return? I entered the reception area that preceded the main office and the door had been left open a crack. Looking through the slight opening, I could see the grave look on Principal Jeffrey's face as he spoke quietly to the brunette man in front of him. Unlike my father, I'd seen enough of Ryan to make out his outline through the crack in the door. I approached the door slowly and strained my ears to hear what they were saying. My heart skipped when Principal Jeffrey said, Araceli's mother. My body ran ahead of my brain as I barged into the room and just stood there, my eyes wide with all the emotions flooding my mind. I was sweating and breathing heavily like I'd torn through the halls to get here rather than a slow, silent walk of shame. Principal Jeffrey and Ryan turned to look at me, not startled by my abrupt entrance. What's wrong? I managed to choke out. You don't deserve this, Araceli. I'm so sorry, Ryan said, burying his head in his hands. My vision started to blur, and I couldn't tell if it was because of the tears pouring down my cheeks or the severe banging in my head. To this day, all I remember is the blur of the houses in my eyes as I raced past, the colors blending into each other before ending in sudden darkness. I woke up with a splitting headache and a disheveled looking Ryan staring at me. For the first time, I surprised myself by collapsing into his arms and sobbing into his shirt. The news wasn't quite as terrible as I'd feared, but it was horrid nonetheless. My mother had been diagnosed with leukemia and wasn't expected to survive longer than a few months. The doctors tried to calm me down and Ryan didn't let go of me. Nothing they said or did could keep the torrent of tears back when I saw my mother, frailer than I'd ever seen her, lying helplessly in her bed. 
Mum, I started, but my voice broke. It was too much seeing her like this. She had protected me all her life, and now she looked like she needed protection from her blood cells. She was in pain, I could tell, but she was trying to be strong for me. I too would be strong for her. If there was one thing I was known for in school, it was how I handled the basketball. I wasn't particularly tall, unless 5 foot 6 inches was tall for a girl, but you wouldn't think about that if you saw me jump. Only about an inch and a half short of a slam dunk. My mother had wanted to see me succeed at what I loved doing the most, and I would make sure she would. She would be around to watch me get into the biggest sports academy for girls, the most prestigious athletic school in the tri-state area. She squeezed my hand, pulling me out of my thoughts. My beautiful daughter, she said in Spanish. My beautiful daughter, everything will be fine, I promise. I knew she could promise no such thing, so I made her my own promise. I held her hands in the both of mine and squeezed them. I will make you proud, mama. I will make you proud of me. She smiled and relapsed into her dreams. Ryan and I drove him in the silence of the night. His eyes were red. He must have cried too, but I felt no sympathy for him. The life of a woman he'd only known for a little over a couple of years was on the line, but I could lose my only anchor to this world. The only person who had ever truly gotten me. The only person I loved. I turned my attention to basketball practice. The sound of hard rubber slapping against the court's concrete was my therapy. My way of dealing with the pain. I'd visit my mom every day at the hospital, spending all the time the visiting hours would allow with my mom and begging the nurses for extra time. Once I got kicked out, I'd run straight to the court and practice for hours, coming home only when it was dark. I had only two weeks until the tryouts for the sports academy. I had to make every moment count. D-Day arrived and Ryan drove me to the academy. I looked around at all the girls who would come to get into academy. It was nothing more than your typical scene. Girls shaking in their boots, watching basketball videos on their iPhones, or touching up their waterproof makeup. I spotted a girl coming out of the driver's seat of a white Porsche in a pink glitter jersey and her friend in slacks coming through the passenger door. She looked exactly like your typical Regina George, and from the way she looked around at the competition, I knew she'd be one too. She looked my way, noticed me staring at her, and sneered at me. The second stage of the selection process required the top 10% from the first round to form 8 teams of 3 in a tournament. The first team to make 3 baskets wins the game. My teammates were a short blonde and a tall Asian girl with short dark hair, Mindy and Naomi. I liked them immediately because they communicated well and were beasts in their own right. I knew we would hit it off perfectly if we made it into the school. We made it to the final stage literally without breaking a sweat, and guess who was waiting for us at the end? The Regina-looking girl. Her teammates were a timid-looking girl in glasses and another of the mean girls. They didn't look like much, but they'd made it this far, so I knew they weren't to be trifled with. The score was 2-2, to and my sweat glands suddenly went into overdrive. I made a colossal mistake and glanced at where Ryan sat in the bleachers. Next to him was an empty seat from which some lady had gotten up a few minutes ago, where my mom could have sat if not for her stupid disease. My eyes clouded over with rage and pain. Why did it have to be her? The referee blew the whistle, and I ran in blind fury at the ball. I stole it from the poor girl who had it and continued blindly towards the net. I must have lost my sense of direction because the audience was silent when I scored. My vision cleared and I noticed I dunked into the net where the Asian girl was. She was our defense. 
She shouldn't have been standing there, unless I'd scored for the other team. Good afternoon, Mr. Daniels, Araceli. My name is Coach Nelson. I'm the coach for the basketball team in the sports academy, the nice man with the perfect jawline said as we entered into the office. I'm here to tell you that your daughter showed exceptional performance at the tryouts today, and we were truly impressed. However, it seems she lost a little control during the last game, and that affected her and her team. We would want someone with your daughter's talent in our school, but we need to know that she would be able to keep up with the pressure if she got in. I need to know that she would be able to take care of whatever overwhelmed her. It's no problem, sir. I'm sure it was just a little mistake, Ryan replied. I know she'll do her very best at your school. This is the best place for her to grow, and she's wanted to come here for as long as I've known her. Okay then, I trust you have everything under control. I'm glad to have you on board. See you next week, I hope. Coach Nelson took my hands in his and gave me a firm, welcoming handshake. A handshake that firm could only come from arms as strong as his. My mother was ecstatic to hear the news. Although you wouldn't have been able to tell if you'd walked into the room right after I told her. She'd begun chemotherapy and her rich, dark hair was all gone. Her eyes were even more sunken in their sockets than they'd been a few weeks ago. She wasn't dead yet, but she already looked like a ghost. Practice began as soon as we resumed school. Coach Nelson had us doing laps and high jumps by 6 in the morning, yelling instructions and trying to keep us active. During the first two weeks, we did nothing but exercise. Not a single ball was touched. In those two weeks, I bonded with Mindy and Naomi. They quickly became my best friends and kept me from blowing my top when Regina tried to bully me or get on my nerves. Apparently her name really was Regina. Her evil ideas were creative though. One time she put hair gel into my sneakers, making it impossible for me to keep up with the laps we were instructed to do. Another time she dunked her lunch on my head and claimed it was an accident, but I turned a blind eye because I needed to remain focused. Soon we started basketball practice alongside our academic program and daily exercise. The selection for different matches came up and I wanted to make the cut, so I started practicing more. I spent most of my evenings working on my weaknesses with Coach Nelson, so we started close. He became the only person I could trust with the burden in my heart. Obviously, I started to hear some loose gossip that I'd replaced Regina and become the coach's new favorite, but I didn't care. I'd grown fond of Coach Nelson and was payoffs for Selection King, and I made three hoops before halftime. Everyone was impressed except Regina. She wanted to be the star player. Again, I'd taken that from her. She became even colder towards me. She went as far as pouring itching powder all over one of my uniforms, but thankfully Mindy had watched the whole thing, so I wore a different uniform. Suddenly, I got a phone call that shattered me. My mother had passed away overnight. I felt the world crashing around me and I couldn't even make it to practice. I just ran to the nearest classroom seeking solitude. After a half hour, Coach Nelson came looking for me. He found me crying and sat next to me. He said nothing for a few minutes and I kept sobbing silently, not realizing when I buried my face in his jacket and cried a river in it. He held on to me briefly before whispering, hey, don't worry, everything is going to be just fine. If you ever need to talk, I'm here for you. I looked up into his eyes. Maybe I'd lost all form of shamelessness in the moment. I just pushed against him and planted a kiss, filled with all the anguish, pain, and sorrow I'd felt, looking for any means of escape from the wave of emotion overcoming me. 
He tried to pull me off, but that wasn't before we heard the sound of a camera shutter and saw the flash. I thoroughly apologized, but he assured me that everything was fine. He understood that my emotions were going haywire at that moment. Filled with fear, we rejoined the rest of the class. I looked around to see if anyone had suspected anything. Everyone carried on like nothing had happened, but Regina's smirk looked more smug than usual. Later that day, I was notified by the principal that for a month, I'd be suspended from participating in any major games because of my bad conduct. The following day, Coach Nelson was fired. The principal made the announcement at the morning assembly without telling us why. Everyone looked shocked by the news. Everyone except Regina. Instantly, I knew the person who took that picture wanted to mess with me. But it was something different to make someone else suffer because of me. I felt a rage inside me that I'd never felt before. A mixture of all the pain I was going through at that moment. Regina would pay for this. Little Miss Perfect had her demons, and the whole school would know about them. I would make sure of that. I knew she hated me, but I didn't know she would go to any length to prove it. I love it when people say those who leave in glass houses don't throw stones. I think Regina forgot that she was just as flawed as I was, only that I would use those flaws to crucify her since she refused to forgive my flaws. Honestly, I didn't have to do much. All I needed to do was expose all the skeletons Regina had carefully hidden from everybody. Trust me, Regina was very careful, until I discovered that she was not the beast she portrayed herself to be during practice. There was no way I should have found out, but Regina was always in my business, so I decided to be in hers too. After she spread unpleasant rumors about me, I decided to teach her a lesson. It got so bad that I didn't care if we both got expelled from school. Even though I knew the strict penalty for fighting, I was prepared to beat her black and blue. I'm sure she would never forget the girl she hated for nothing. I followed her quietly to the bathroom. I didn't want anyone to stop me, for I truly had enough. Unfortunately, the sight of the drugs I saw with her made me transfixed to the bathroom floor. I was too shaken to think. All I could do was retrace my steps way carefully than I came in. I knew I'd gotten the big Regina in my palms, but I didn't know to what extent then. Well, a week after Coach Nelson left without saying goodbye to me, the police came to carry Regina away for possession of illegal drugs. The latest urine test and the content of her makeup purse confirmed that she had taken a Drafinil, with which she claims I must have sabotaged her. After I was satisfied with the outcome of my revenge mission, I could finally grieve my mother in peace. When I stood up from the distinctive frangipani in the academy, I remembered my mother's words when we arrived in the US. You are going to make me proud. I stood up with a smile, knowing I only had one mission, which was to make my mama proud. It just is so sad to see somebody fueled by jealousy the way that Regina in this story was. I mean, going to the extent of trying to ruin multiple people's lives just because you're jealous of their talent or their abilities and you want to be better than them and have more fame and popularity, it's sad. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.